I'm gonna let you do the clap, all right? Because like you all like okay. no, you do the clap right, this look, time. I'm gonna say this very simple. I'm gonna say one, two, three, and then we're gonna clap. Why is this the hardest part of the damn I'm, show? Just I, clap. Hey, I'm I'm prepping you. One, two, three. Ooh. I know that was not a clap. I just heard just now. I know that was not a and clap. And see, here's the thing. You know <laughs> what's crazy? That is not a clap that I heard just now. <laughs> that was like on seven, dog. My name is Al Lenson, and I do a lot of things. But all my life, people have told me not to. Let me get this straight. You're going to be a poet, an actor, a playwright, a radio host, a storyteller, a comic book writer. Man, you, you, you can't do everything, Al. But I want to do everything. And that's what this podcast is about. Everything I want to do. Stories, radio drama, documentary pieces, and interviews with some of the most interesting people on the planet. I told you, we gonna do everything. And sometimes I'll have my trusty DJ with me, Willie Evans Jr. I'm not a DJ. Whatever. You make beats. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper. No, you're not. And no, I'm not. You never know, because we're going to be doing everything. You, you like Eddie Murphy. Now, you're trying to play every character in the movie. You can't do that, Al. You can't do that. You just got to pick one. I need to know what you're doing. I need to know what you do. You are listening to Earthang. I'm Al Letson. And I am Willie Evans Jr. TM. You know what? I'm 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 gonna let you keep that. Keep what? Say say go ahead. Say your name again. Oh, you mean and I am Willie Evans Jr. TM. Yeah, exactly, because this is the big season finale. Oh man, is this the end? Mama always told me one day this would happen, but she never told me when. Oh baby. She told me it would happen when I was much older. Wish it would have happened then. Mama always told me this would wait, what's the what is that? That's and don't, me. don't, don't, wait, 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 don't tell me, don't, and don't try to hit that note. Let's just end this. Keep going. Okay. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. Please. I'm just saying, damn, man, you know, I can't believe it's the end of the season. It was quick. It was really quick. Yeah, but you know, we're going to be right back with season three. Pew, pew, pew. Oh what? How long is it going to take for you to get to season three? Why are you so pessimistic? Be a believer. No, I'm not pessimistic. It's history. This is what you do. You got great intentions, but sometimes your execution is a little, you know, slow. I mean, maybe a little bit true, but not wholly true. Look, look, I don't like to bring it up, but, you know. What? You know. What, man? Explain. You, you know how we got to be friends. Some. 30 years ago? God damn, we old. <laughs> <laughs> we old super Yo, old, dog. You are old. Uh, I am refined, sir. I am refined. No. Well, I think we all know that I'm not refined. Yeah, that well that that's but, but old. That's yes. clear. But 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 you got something there. That's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do right now. What? We are going to tell the story of our friendship. That is the way to end this season. Nah, you just wanna tell the story of how we met. I just wanna tell the people why we brothers today. Why we why we family, son? No, no. 
No, you've been wanting to tell this story for years. This is true. You're right. But come on, man. It's it's perfect. And besides, look, I'm going to throw you a bone, all right? Um, we're not just going to tell the story. We are going to tell it and intertwine it with music. With music, my man. That's what you do. Music, me, you, the story of brotherhood. What could you ask for? It's dope. It's dope. But, you know, Al, I, I, I feel it's important that I reiterate here that you... Don't have a musical bone in your body. <laughs> I don't know why I love doing that so much. Stop with that, okay? Because it's not true. You, that that is fake news. You know, somebody like wrote me. It was no, like, it is, yo, it, it, it feels good to say though. It feels no, good no. You know, somebody wrote me and said, uh, oh yeah, I agree. Willie's right. You don't have a musical bone in your body, and it's just like, yes. no, no, this, no. This is how this is how fake news exactly. works. Exactly, you uh, lie I'm and learning. people. Pick up the line. <laughs> I got rhythm. I, I gotta make up a nickname. I gotta make uh, like a like a musical owl. A musical owl. Oh my gosh! Shh, Everyone, shh. I need you to hashtag a musical owl. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's it. Once it's on the internet, it's true. It's, it's it's true. Once it's on the internet, I am not having this argument with you. So just stop fake news, please. Just stop. All right. All right. So. All right. For the last time this season, Willie Evans Jr. What's up? Play that beat. Yes, sir. Hi. I'm glad you're here because it's story time. Story time. Story time. Hi. I'm glad you're here because it's story time. Story time. Story time. Hi. I'm glad you're here because it's story time. Story time. Story time. Hi. I'm glad you're here because it's story time. Story time. Story time. Okay, you're all set, aren't you? You know, Willie, I I think my oldest musical memory is sitting in the back of my grandmother's Buick, listening to her sing as Stevie Wonder was playing on the radio. I remember her car was blue, the seats were white leather, and I can still smell that leather. She's looking at me in the rearview mirror. Now, I'm about five or six, and she's singing to me. And, ugh, like when I think about it, I can just feel that moment. And my grandmother was amazing. And then some dude hit her car. My nanny popped out and handled it. Yeah, my nanny did not play. What about you, man? Oh, man, too many memories. But I think one of the strongest was at my grandfather's funeral. Uh, So my granddaddy was literally the muscle that held my mom's family together. He was a carpenter that was the son of a carpenter and the brother of several carpenters. So he... He kind of showed you what kind of person to be by being that person. When my mom was pregnant with my little sister, he drove from Savannah, Georgia, to Jacksonville, Florida, and turned a two-bedroom house into a three-bedroom house with what seemed like just a hammer and beard stubble. I lived with my grandparents for a bit as a kid, and my cousins and I would watch him do things like that for our parents as routinely as anyone would get their morning coffee. I wanted to be that, but I inherited his humor and not his strength. We all wanted that strength, and we tried to have it when he lost his battle with cancer. 
But ultimately, we ended up crying in a car together like babies at the wake. So when the only cousin that was old enough to drive started the car for us to head home, uh, Concrete Jungle by Bob Molly came on. And we all instantly launched into it and sang the first line. No sun will shine in my day today. You know, kind of in that moment, I realized that watching him be strong had taught us how to be strong. I just kind of knew we would be okay. But eventually, I was in Jacksonville more and at my grandparents' less, and music was taking over my life. I was constantly searching for a crew to be down with, and I heard about this dope hip-hop group called 13, led by this dude named Alfie. And at that time, it's 1991, and I'm graduating high school. And I am a sophomore in high school. Why Why is that relevant? Because you're older than me. I, I just want to make that clear to everyone. Anyway, it's 1991 and I'm graduating high school and I was a hardcore hip-hop head. I didn't just love the music, though. I made it with my crew, 13. Early in the morning, got to rise and get my boo on. Jamel, aka Brother Flo. What's good, dog? Rodney, aka Big Bub or Bubbles. Yo, yo, yo man, don't, don't, don't call me that. And Squiggy. Hey, what's up? And we were the shit. And I just wanted to be down. I mean, everybody wanted to be down. It's okay, Willie. But through a friend of a friend, I heard about this kid at another school that was making beats and rapping, and supposedly he was hot. And that was me, Willie Evans Jr. No TM yet. But you weren't Willie Evans Jr. at that point. What was your hip-hop name? I don't remember. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're not doing that to me in life. No. We're not discussing that. Okay. Anyway, I went to Willie's house because I heard he had beats. And I had mega beats. Yeah, but he also had comic books. Specifically, X Factor issues one through six. I mean, I love those books. They were rare. And he had them in his room and they were just thrown around like socks or dirty underwear. Actually, I found issue three under a pair of really skanky underwear and I just kicked them aside and picked up the comic book. Hey, um, can, can I borrow these? Yeah, man. I don't care. But are you going to ask the guys about me joining the group? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So the next time we had practice, I brought it up with the fellas. Hell no, he ain't rapping. And he ain't the hype man. He makes beats, he's a DJ. Eh, fuck no. Stop the story, stop, stop the story. I am not a DJ. Will you shut the hell up and let me tell the story? Fine. He makes beats, he's a DJ. Eh, fuck no. But I didn't want to tell Willie because, you know, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Okay. Stop the story. Again. That is a lie. What? That's a lie, yo. You didn't want to tell me because you wanted to keep my comic books. Nah, man. That's not it. Al. That's not it. Al, tell the truth. Okay, so I wanted to keep the books, but I also didn't want to hurt your feelings. I mean, it's not mutually exclusive. It can be both. Fine. Continue. So... Every time I'd see Willie, he'd ask me. Yo, man, you talk to the group? 
at high school football games. Yeah, man, I'm going I'm to I'm talk to him at concerts. Yo, what up, man? Hey, did you talk to the group? Oh, yeah, man, yeah. I, I, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him. At the comic book shop. Yeah, man. So listen, the Beyonder. The Beyonder's boring, dog. Dog, the Beyonder is the illest. You have to understand his. Well, anyway, man, what's up? Did you talk to the group? Did you talk to them about me joining the group? Oh yeah, man. I talked to him. We're supposed to have a meeting again to talk about it some more. But but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you know soon. Okay. All right. That's what's up. Hey, you got those comics you borrowed from me? Uh, I totally. I I I'll get them back to you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But then 13 kind of breaks up. Jamel gets in trouble. Why you putting my business in the street? Bubbles moves to Texas. Will you stop calling me Bubbles? And Squiggy starts a rap rock band. What the hell is that, Squigs? <laughs> it's dope. And I was feeling kind of weird, like, like hip-hop was leaving me behind. Every time I hear this common song, it takes me back. I met this girl when I was 10 years old. And what I love most, she had so much soul. So while Al was kind of falling out of love with hip hop, I was reaching a point of complete infatuation. I was constantly trying to get my mom to take me to get tapes. I taught my pop into giving me one of his old drum machines. I had a Casio SK-1, Google it, five seconds of sample time, lion sound effect for what i have no idea i was ready i was ready for action to add to my infatuation the golden era of hip-hop is happening and everything i love to listen to is being made by a crew tribe called quest ghetto boys de la soul poison clan black sheep all crews so i thought okay if i'm serious about this i need to be in the crew but I'm kind of square, so while people love my beats, they didn't really want a dude rapping about Nintendo and being rejected by ladies. Eventually, I decided to just make music until something happened, which is a terrible idea, by the way. But it did manage to attract a couple of rappers, and my first group was formed. Uh, ho- ho- hold on, was, was this thought? Uh, yes. The group was called Thought. And didn't you have another name? It, was, it wasn't Willie Evans Jr., right? <sighs> I hate you, man. Hey, man, the people the people need perspective. It was Ignatz. <laughs> what, 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 oh, what the hell does that so mean? Much. Oh, That's how much I hate your guts. Okay, okay, okay. So we'll, 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 we'll come back to that. Continue, Ignatz. <laughs> anyway... The group thought was me, Ignatz. Yes, and another dude named DiBiase. He named himself. We were writing every day, and he was light years ahead of me with rhymes, but I was holding the beats down and trying to get it together. Then one day, I'm talking to this guy from another crew, and he tells me that if I'm really serious about this, I need to be recording in a legitimate studio. My response, of course, was, what do you mean? I got a Yamaha drum machine, an SK-1 with an entire five seconds of sample time, and a dual cassette recorder. Two tapes! You bugging. But he was, in fact, not bugging. As I soon discovered sitting around trading demo tapes with him, 
His demo sounded like it was made in the booth directly next door to Black Sheep themselves. And mine kind of did not. Yo, I'm telling you, man, go to a real studio. They got keyboards, they got ADAT recorders, a mixing board. Oh, a mixing board? Yeah. I mean, my setup is the joint. All the tough kids recording in my garage has saved me from getting beat up hundreds of times. But a mixing board? Who runs this magical place? Scott Logics, yo. Wait, 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 wait. I introduced you to Scott. No, you didn't. I did. I remember it specifically. No, I'm telling you, you didn't. I already knew no, about them from no. this other okay, dude. Okay, what's the other guy's name? The other guy at the uh, studio, what's his name? Oh, I mean, yeah, that was uh, Darwin Humberg. Dave. Dave Hamby was his name. Man, I, can I finish? Go ahead, man. Fine. Uh, yeah, so we go in and record. I don't have a real production set up, apparently. So I bring in records, and the entire arrangement is saved in the old noodle. I knew this was going to be a banger because I had found the break that Black Sheep used for Flavor of the Month. I mean, it made their song Bananas, so it should do the same for us. And as far as I could tell, it did. Now, I'm trading demos with people and they are really bugging in a good way. So much so that this little spot downtown asked us to perform. A show? Our first show? What? This was it. Me and DiBiase practice and practice and practice and practice. Who must have practiced for a straight month to perform this one song for five minutes? But I wanted it to be perfect. I told all of my friends. I mean, this was like getting paid to be in the talent show. We rock our joint on stage and eat free crystals. Come on, man. Finally, the night came. We was going on first because, you know, we had one song and we were the new guys. The other dudes were vets, though, and had done at least a whole three shows. The DJ warmed the crowd up and then the time came. I was somewhere between feeling like I had just hit the lotto and throwing up. What up, what up, what up, how y'all feeling? All right, we're gonna get this thing started with something new. Coming up to the stage, Ignaz and DiBiase. Oh! It was at this exact moment that DiBiase turned to me and said, I can't do it. What? What you mean? Can't do what? Go on stage. I can't. Ladies and gentlemen, thought. Then something I didn't expect happened. My feet moved me onto the stage against my will, alone. And apparently this was a planned sneak attack because my hands turned on me and actually grabbed the mic. Uh, hey, everybody. Then it happened. My hands and feet had plotted against me knowing that my heart would turn on me once it was on stage. It was over. I performed a four minute song for 10 minutes. I did my verses and freestyle what DiBiase's verses were supposed to be. Terribly, I might add, but I didn't care. It was over, man. Hip hop had me. I walked off stage feeling like a completely different person. I was a hip hop artist that now had no crew. That was around the time that I became. <laughs> well, you guys know who I am, TM. 
So the search began again for a crew to be down with. It landed me in the studio with a lot of local legends like Deep Rooted, who taught me a lot. But the true launch of my career was with a crew called Asimov. We ended up being one of only a handful of hip hop crews to have a national release come out of Jacksonville, Florida in a time where having your physical record in a physical store or even having a record at all was a big deal and pretty close to impossible. It was me, Basic, Jay Wonder, and Therapy. I was finally in a crew. I feel real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that Asimov Skill Center, you know, World Premier Exclusive. All up in ya. Hey, I feel, I feel real good, real good. Hey, it's like an introduction. It's like who we be. I roll with bass therapy, y'all and Willie E, and I be Jay when the man land. In the meantime, I'd left hip hop behind, but I fell in love with spoken word. Writers like Patricia Smith. When a bullet enters the brain, the head explodes. I can think of no softer Sekou Sundiata. From whence I come, from whence we come, from whence I come, from whence we come. That dark woman of eternity, there is no death. And Saul Williams. And I be riding on the wings of eternity like, yeah, 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 clack, clack. They just blew my mind. Because time makes dreams deferred. But... You know, if I'm honest, when I look back, there was a movie that was almost as important. Say, baby, can I be your slave? The movie was Love Jones. I got to admit, girl, you're the shit girl. And I'm digging you like a grave. And you know, at the time, I don't think I realized what a big impact the movie had on me. Me and my boy Marlon and G started a spoken word night called Scribes and Vibes. And you had two DJs. Yeah, we had two DJs. The main one was DJ Therapy. From Asimov and... And Willie Evans Jr. After years of just seeing each other here and there, Willie came to one of my shows because his girl at the time was a poet. That's right. And sometimes he'd fill in for therapy on the ones and twos. Can I just point out that right here, it proves you are a DJ. Whatever, man. Finish the story. I was traveling the country, slinging poems, making a name for myself. When I round the corner and I, I would want to roll up my windows, lock my doors and reach for death underneath my seat. I won the Atlanta Grand Slam and didn't live in Atlanta. In the National Poetry Slam, I'd rank third in the nation. I should have got first, but that's a different story. I got a spot on Deaf Poetry Jam. Please give a warm Deaf Poetry welcome to Mr. Al Letson. I got to hang out with my idols. I thought I was a star. And then my daughter died. Her mom was eight and a half months pregnant when she passed. She just woke up one morning and said she didn't feel pregnant anymore. We were at the hospital for what seemed like days, waiting. When you're eight and a half months pregnant, you, you've got to give birth. And so Lauren was this perfect 
beautiful brown baby and I, I remember she was the spitting image of her big sister. I held her for a while and to this day if, if I place my arms in the position that I had them when I held her, I can still feel the weight in my hands. She was warm like, like she was alive but she was gone. I'd been in the hospital for two days when I finally left to go home and just take a shower and then come right back. The whole time I was in the hospital, I didn't cry. I, um, I was trying really hard and imperfectly to be there for her mother, to be strong. I can't even describe what I felt at the time. But when I got in the car, an Isley Brothers song came on, Journey to Atlantis. I, I always loved this song, but when the lyrics started, I, I just couldn't listen. And I changed the station then. On the next station, the same song was playing. And I changed it again, and the song was right there again. I felt like every time I clicked a damn button on the radio, it, it kept bringing me back. And by that time, I was crying so hard that um, I just couldn't stop, and I had to pull over. So in the meantime, I'm touring with Asimov, meeting all my rap heroes and pretending it's no big deal. We perform in New York for the first time, which wasn't easy because, well, you know, New York is the birthplace of hip hop. So doing a show there was kind of like going into someone else's living room and telling them how their furniture should be arranged. But we managed to escape with our lives and a little love from New Yorkers. Just a little, though. It was a little before the record was about to come out, and just like any other group, we felt like we were going to flip the record industry on its head with our sound. High off impression crowds and the birthplace of hip-hop, we felt extremely official. The next five shows going down the East Coast may as well have been a demolition job because we tore the roof off of every venue. Then we hit North Carolina. Our publicist at the time had called us to tell us that we were doing a radio stop there. Another milestone for us since we were just rocking shows and talking to people on the internet and telling them that we exist. So we hit the city. We don't even stop for food. We just beeline straight to the radio station because we're that excited. Everyone is all smiles and the interview begins. They talk to us and ask us the typical questions. What's it like being a hip hop group from Florida? What do you think about the current state of hip-hop and da-da-da-da-da-da-da? Then the DJ asks if we have any records with us that we can play on the radio. Now, even if we didn't, 
I was going to say that we did and just apologize later for the profanity. But it just so happened that our single was radio friendly. Well, radio friendly in that it didn't have strong language. It was sonically polarizing, to say the least. <laughs> anyway, we were sitting there taking in the fact that our song is being broadcasted on airwaves. And then the record starts skipping. Now, let me explain to you the feeling that happens in a moment like this. On the first skip, you jump and think, oh, shit, what? Uh, okay, it's all right. No big deal. It was a fluke. On the 40th skip, you're wondering if the fast food spot up the street from your apartment has online applications. But we had dealt with worse. So we told him to hold on and let us grab another record from out of the trunk. At this point, I am praying for the sweet release of death. The DJ is looking at us like he just saw our parents whip us in front of him. And we're looking at each other wondering what life is going to be like after we're exiled from the continental U.S. We tried two more records. They both skipped. Somehow we managed to eventually joke our way out of the studio and into the van where we argued all the way to the hotel room trying to figure out what went wrong. Then after everyone had calmed down, we all agreed that there was no way we were going to leave this city without rocking everyone's face all the way off, which we did manage to do. stops later and we're back at home with hundreds of stories some worse than that one and some better but all equaling up to the fact that we were unstoppable until a cease and desist letter from the estate of isaac asimov stopped us cold in our tracks it's a long story but it ended with me getting signed as a solo artist therapy putting out records with a new group and Jay Wonder and Basic starting a clothing line called Bo Fresco. I was doing a lot more production for other artists and definitely looking for other musical outlets. In 2008, I started working at the Sanctuary on 8th Street. Now, the Sanctuary is a community center for low-income kids in Jacksonville, Florida, and they would go there after school and in the summertime. And when I first went there to work, you know, I thought this would be easy because, yeah, I'm a performing artist. I perform for kids a lot, and they usually love me. And working here was going to be working with black kids. And, well... I used to be a black kid, but what I, I didn't know is that poverty changes everything. So I was in charge of a small group of boys. They were barely teenagers. Uh, there was Biko, who was tall, dark skinned, with a wide open smile. He reminded me so much of my little cousin Joey. Ayo, ah, ayo, ah, your little cousin is smooth as me? That's impossible, nigga, because I'm Biko! Uh, then there was Alonzo, the gentle giant, who always looked at me like I was a little crazy. <laughs> what, well, uh, man? What? I'll be looking at you like that because you be acting crazy. <laughs> jokes, Al. Jokes. 
Then there was Duran. And Duran never really looked at me. He always looked through me. Because I wasn't hard like the boys on their block. Whatever, nigga. And no matter what I did, I just couldn't connect with these boys. And nothing illustrated that better than our music choices. One day, I took the kids on a road trip, and I was playing some of my music. Hey, yo, Al, man, uh, can we listen to some of our music now? What are you talking about, Biko? Man, this is this is hip hop. Man, this is, this is Biggie Smalls. Uh, that's that's not our music. Yo, man, uh, why don't you go ahead and put that little Boosie on? Yo, I'm not listening to no little Boosie. Oh, come on, Al, man. We've been in the car for hours and all we listening to is your music. No, man, I'm not listening to no little Boosie, man. Oh, Al, man, yo, you ain't even right, man. Be- you ain't be- even- Biko, Biko, you lucky I don't play some of my other music. Like what? Okay. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Oh no 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 no! Cut that off! Cut that off! Cut that off! Yo, ah, ma, you like old white people music? Biko, come on, man, that's that's James Taylor, man, that's an American classic. Not my American, nigga. Put on little Boosie. No. Oh, come on, man. Yo, you ain't even fit. Yo, yo, oh, 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 oh. Yo, remember that time? Remember that time you was talking about a democracy? What is a democracy, nigga? You was outvoted. Oh, oh, oh. Y'all, y'all took a vote. Everybody want to listen to little Boosie? Raise your hands. And in the rearview mirror, I saw all of their hands going up. And yes, the next hour was an audio tour of hell. I wanted to rip my ears off. I could feel my soul draining out of the pores of my skin. A whole hour of that, I popped the CD and gave it back to Biko. I, I, yo, I'm a, uh, uh, p- p- play that again. No, Biko, you lucky I don't throw that out the window. Oh, come on, Alma, you ain't even right. Hey, y'all, hey, y'all, hey, y'all, Mr. Al, Mr. Al be listening to that old music that they recorded on Stone Records. I know, right? Got a bird playing it like he the Flintstones or something. Hey, yo, Mr. Al, you got a bird in your house, nigga? You got a bird? I thought playing Biggie would make me cool to these kids. Instead, it just dated me. And I've been listening to the songs that they've been playing all summer long, and all I hear are songs about banging hoes and grabbing a gun to settle scores. And, and yo, I had music like that, too. Of course I did. I mean, I, I, I love Biggie, but, but I also had songs and people that told me I was better than that, that I could do more with my life. And I'm listening to their music, and I don't hear it. But then I think my father must have had a similar experience with me. How low can you go? Alpha, 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 boy, cut that, cut that, cut that off. That ain't no music, ain't got no rhythm, ain't got no... Alpha, now, boy, listen, son. Music is supposed to make you feel good when you ain't got nothing to feel good about. That's what good music is, son. Under the boardwalk, down by the sea. Yeah, my daddy can't sing either. Nor does he ever remember the words to the song, but sometimes I watch him pop in a tape and watch it take him to another place. I was born in a dump. My mama died and my daddy got drunk. He left me here to die or grow. In the middle of Tobacco Road
That was my daddy's song. Like a lot of these boys that came to the sanctuary, he didn't have a mother or father. They both died by the time he was 10. And if it hadn't been for my aunts and uncles, I don't know where my daddy would be, where I would be. And I'm wondering if these boys that I'm working with have somebody in their life like that. When I stopped working at the sanctuary, I felt like, like, like it broke me. Because, you know, the model that Hollywood gives us is that uh, a dedicated teacher will come into a low-income area. He'll work really hard with the kids. The kids will resent him at first, but then they'll all come around. They'll go through some trials and tribulations, but everything will work out. And at the end, everybody sings Kumbaya and goes home. But reality doesn't work that way. Right before I left the sanctuary, one of the boys got shot. He stopped coming to the program, and it, it just made me feel like I failed. And that feeling stuck with me for years until I decided that I, I really needed to understand it. And so to understand it, I did what I do with everything when I'm trying to figure it out. I wrote about it and I made a play called Summer in Sanctuary. And in the process of working on this piece, you needed a beat maker. Yes, I needed a beat maker. So I called my man, Willie Evans Jr. Because he's got... Yeah, I finally found my crew, man. And that, my friends, is how Willie Evans Jr. and I started collaborating. And the music that was the glue to get us there. It has been a tremendous season. But before we log off, for the very last time this season... We have to give thanks to our fairy godmother. Many years ago in the state of Florida, in a small hamlet called Jacksonville, a poet named Al Letson wanted to tell stories. I want to tell stories of the world, my country, my community, and my own, because I think that storytelling is a building block of humanity. And so he did. But no one would hear those stories unless he found a way to amplify them. In other words, he needed some money. Cash, De Niro, Enns, Skrilla. But how? Until one day his dreams and prayers were answered by a lovely woman. Who, who are you? Oh, sweet pea, I'm your fairy godmother. <laughs> I have a fairy godmother? Shush, 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 shush. Now don't worry. I'm here to make it all better, 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 better. Her name was Dolores Weaver. And it turns out she wasn't just Al's fairy godmother, but the whole community's. Oh, man, me too? Everyone except you, Willie. Dolores Weaver's done amazing things in Jacksonville and even started a fund to help nonprofits in Northeast Florida. The Dolores Bar Weaver Fund, which sponsors this show, for which Al, and by extension, Willie, will be forever grateful. Wait, I thought you said not me. You're here, aren't you? The Dolores Bar Weaver Fund. From Al's Fairy Godmother. All right, y'all. That's a wrap. Season two is in the can. Earthang is a production of Showcase from PRX's Radiotopia. Songs in the Key of Our Life was produced by me and Willie Evans Jr., Bree Burgess, Earthang show systematizer. She told me to tell you all of that because she gets the job done. 
Earthang was funded in part by the Dolores Bar Weaver Fund. Special thanks to WJCT in Jacksonville, Florida, and my other show, Reveal, from the Center for Investigative Reporting. You can find us on iTunes, Radio Public, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. And please, please subscribe, write a review, tweet, tell people about us. More people listening means more ears, and we're going to love you even more. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. That's at Earthang, E-R-R-T-H-A-N-G. And I'm at Al underscore Letson. And Willie is at Willie Ev. And remember, you are a star set upon the night. And the universe needs you to shine. So shine, my friend. Shine. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Yo, Willie, what's up, man? Hey, dude, I was just thinking, like, we need to fix the ending of the episode. Because, dog, like, you don't tell anybody that I return those comic books to you. I know I I remember on your birthday about, I don't know, five years ago, I bought you the whole collection, X-Factor number one through, what, 15? And I only bought, like, six of them. I mean, yeah. Okay, so it took me 25 years to get them to you, but I returned them and they're in better condition than they were when you got them. So if, if we don't put it in there, man, it's like, it's, like, it's like spreading fake news, right? And we all know that you're good at spreading fake news about me. So please, rewrite your ending and say something about me giving them to you, please, or else people are going to think that I'd be stealing stuff. And I don't steal. I mean, it was like a long-term lease. But but it, you got them back better in shape than they were when when I when I took them. I'm just saying. Bye.